it's saturday july 18th welcome to a new episode of bazaar i'm your host sid and uh, joining me in the studio today is mega sareen mega it's a pleasure to have you on the show hi sid the pleasure is all mine thanks for inviting me to the show yeah so for people who don't know uh, megha was the first one to float the idea of a podcast so you know this is basically something that we had planned to do for a long time and i am really excited that we are finally doing this so just fingers crossed and let's see how this goes thanks a lot to that but then i think i should thank you as well because you are the one who brought it into reality i look forward to have you more on the show and to just begin the show you know we were talking about how this pandemic has really been crazy for retail investors but legendary investors like warren buffett bill ackman and rakesh junjunwala were also not spared they took the brunt of the pandemic and it affected everyone not only retail investors but before we go deep into that i want to talk about the investing strategy of warren buffett and the reason i want to do that is because you know a lot of analysts have uh, come out and criticized buffett and the way that he dealt with the entire pandemic and some say that buffett's strategy might be outdated and that he missed out the opportunity to make the most out of this so you know before we draw any conclusions Let's first understand what is the essence of Buffett's investing strategy, and you know whether it holds against the test of time. So that uh, actually, to start with, I just want to say that markets right now are far away from reality. Be it the March bloodbath on the street or the biggest rally of all the time during March, it was driven by the fear, I would say, and now it is uh, by the fact that it is not going to be that bad. I think Warren Buffett has been quite conservative. we cannot deny this and has been quite panned by the analysts for his inactivity see corona virus has redefined uncertainty for everybody which includes him as well so i don't think such criticism is anyhow justified he he is a human so after all i mean yeah yeah it is very human actually the the best way to put it is that he is human the behavior was very much human so i think the situation was unprecedented and like warren buffett said uh, we we haven't seen times like this but we have seen times tougher than this and i believe that any inactivity during such times cannot be perceived as pessimism and not at all as a denial of the fact that long run is positive yeah i agree and basically this is just one year that you know he he did not capitalize the insane run that the market is witnessing but you cannot forget that you know for the past 50 years this guy has been crushing the market and before we dive deeper into you know what what makes him i think it's very important to understand that you know the reason why he's so successful is because the rate at which he consumes financial data is is really amazing he's a monster i mean he he is reading 10k's yeah sec filings earnings call transcripts of dozens of companies and just his sheer focus is what differentiates him because you see like when i want to learn about a company what do i do i i read about its annual report or you know i do a little bit of industry research that's it i mean i i don't have more focus than that but what does warren buffett do he reads the company's annual report for the past 30 years all right 30 years he also reads about the annual reports of all the competitors and of the companies in a completely different industry so this this guy has been consuming data on such a massive level and you know this is what differentiates him and you know what not everybody can do that on a regular basis i cannot imagine myself uh-huh. uh, like doing all these things daily 
and uh, yeah. actually going about his strategy see warren buffett has always advocated value investing he has always yeah. relied on the fundamentals and focusing on low levered companies and the companies which show high earning growth he he has always said that people should not buy stocks they should buy companies mm. that's that's right and he he doesn't uh, pay attention to daily stock prices and see what the analysts are saying he just cares that whether the price is below its intrinsic value and is it growing and is it actually making money uh, this can be actually justified by his recent offloading of airline shares yeah i i mean he he did lose a lot of money on that though and yeah so that was a definitive decision actually true Uh, and uh, right now uh, see retail investors like us are I'm not targeting anybody but currently retail investors are entirely investing uh, on basis of price action completely on basis of price action in the market which is far away from what warren buffett has ever preached but now one thing we need to consider here is that warren buffett is not an investor he is not at all an investor he is an owner see investors are people like us see, people like you and me who go and put a part of their savings into mutual funds or stocks with little bit of research we do <laughs> <laughs> what we call research yeah uh, where do see warren buffett he buys enough shares to have like a say in the board of the company to actually see how the company is functioning and to actually participate in it whether or not he participates but he has a right to participate and when you yeah. invest this kind of money it takes time to analyze and even more during such uncertain times exactly i mean see we we talked about how much research he does so that doesn't mean that he's reading everything he he knows what he wants to look for he's gotten so good at this that you know he just when he opens the annual report he knows exactly what what page he needs to go so i mean whatever analysts say he is still my all time favorite investor and you know Warren Buffett is the John Wick of the investing world in my opinion. So that I didn't watch the movie but I'm sure that the that's the right analogy. And yeah. and actually we should talk about something different now that he did put his money to work very recently. Am I right? Yeah. So why don't you tell something about that? Okay all right so he didn't put his money to work for the past 3 months or in the pandemic but in the past week or so there was news that they entered into a deal buying dominion energy's natural gas pipeline and storage assets so you know berkshire hathaway has this large cash pile of 137 billion dollars and i think the entire investing community is just every year they are just eagerly waiting where this money is going to be deployed and you know how buffett is going to use that money so they bought dominion energy's natural gas pipeline and storage assets not the company but you know that that asset of that company and to put things into perspective berkshire hathaway already has a very strong energy portfolio and this investment complements that plus you know this perfectly fits buffett's criteria because you know the business offers a regular cash flow and it is very easy to predict and you know analysts predict that the acquired assets have an ebit of around 1 billion dollars so that means that buffett didn't overpay for it and he got a reasonable price so that is you know what he looks for and you know that's the reason why he actually cracked this deal right but then uh, if you include the dominion energy deal i think that workshop had they made a few days back uh, warren buffett has been really uh, really quiet in the past few months he has lost a lot of money though Uh, and Berkshire Hathaway posted a fifty billion dollar Q1 loss, most of which it was unrealized loss. 
which in buffet's language is just a meaningless number on the paper yeah uh, buffet personally and personally he took a 19 billion dollar hit on to his net worth however he still still he is the seventh richest man in the world with a net worth of 70 billion dollar still and how was buffet uh, he did sell during the pandemic which is actually against his buy and hold forever strategy and i would actually want to add that he has he has never said that hold it forever analysts are always saying hold it forever he has never said it he only holds the investment till the time it is making money for him and that is totally justified by his airline decision so he sold the entire stake in the four airline companies and booked a loss of around 7 billion dollars moreover he has been the biggest bear of the airline industry and it just didn't work out for him yeah i mean look if we go back into the 1970s or the 1980s buffett was always you know he came out and said that you know he would never put his money in an airline stock i don't know what changed in the past 5 or 6 years maybe it was not his decision because he has he has an investing team also that makes decisions so we don't really know you know whether this was buffett's own decision or someone else made this decision but you know it just didn't work out for him and i don't think that you know he's going to put money in airlines again given how bad the situation is and you know and for the airline industry i totally agree with the decision my <laughs> my arguments or my opinions matter but i still believe that airline as an industry has, has always been very capital intensive because uh, they are not going out of business right airlines right. are very important for any economy so the industry has to survive maybe through government aids it will survive but it's will. probably not the best investment out there yes right yes yeah. it it is just going to survive but not thrive so yeah, that that's really a good way to put it so just making a pivot here so we've talked about warren buffett but you know in the beginning of the show we were also talking about bill ackman and rakesh junjunwala how did they get affected but there is one name that doesn't make the headlines and a lot of people don't know about this person he is an investor by the name of seth clairman and according to a new york times article you know he's the most successful and influential investor that you've probably never heard of and to give you a little bit of perspective clairman co-founded a boston based hedge fund known as baupost group in which he manages around uh, 32 billion dollars in aum he's this is very interesting he's also called the oracle of boston because his investment strategies are very similar with those of warren buffett clairman's stock portfolio however declined by a 26% during the pandemic because you know he this no one was insulated from the crash that happened in march but you know that did not stop him and he took sizable positions into facebook and alphabet they also increased their holdings in hp and ebay and what's interesting is that you know this guy already had the vision and you know they were already prepared for a downturn in one of the reports that i read clairman said that around 30% of bopost's total portfolio was cash at the end of december so that that's how seth clairman performed during the pandemic all right that, that that's very interesting i guess i guess it does pay to have a great vision but back here in india we cannot forget to talk about our big bull mr junjunwala i think i think recently i read an article about him and ended up in split reading what he said in an interview uh, about trading and investing and he's uh, he was like that trading and investing are like mistress and wife <laughs> you can manage them both 
and uh, see i know how, uh, maybe how notorious this sounds but this cannot be denied right rakesh unjanala is one person who has been like extremely optimistic and in his and in his words the mother of all bull markets have started he is the one person who actually believes in indian equities mm-hmm. he has a faith in the indian economy uh, he is a trader and investor and adopts entirely different approaches for both uh, i believe as a trader he is realistic and he himself says this and always keeping his eyes on the price action whereas an investor he looks at the bigger picture So this can be a good strategy for us as well. Yeah, I mean for for mixed trading and investing, right? We cannot have the same side for both. Exactly, and you know, you you told me that this guy he has two different segments in his brain. So one is for trading, one is for investing, yeah. and he keeps them so he manages it so well. You know, this is one of the reasons why he's so successful. But you know. this guy i have never heard anything bad from him about the indian economy he's always so positive so that that you know helps lift the market sentiment i would say actually people like us we look up to him yeah that that's true he he's the most influential investor in india and you know if he's saying that a bu- big bull run ahead is there for us i don't think he's joking and we have already seen the market you know rise at a crazy rate and but actually but you know i i still feel that we need solid earnings growth to justify the current valuation that needs to happen before we can actually and i believe and i believe the valuations are not justified right now but i think yeah. markets are very forward looking so maybe uh, it can be justified by the fact that recovery is going to be really fast and the future is very positive that's true will be very interesting but if i had to break it down to a single investor who is having a party at the end of march it is bill ackman let me tell you what he did he started buying credit default swaps all right it's a very okay technical sort of uh, insurance on his investments and he started buying these swaps in january and february and he paid around 27 million dollars for them all right we didn't know how you know how the pandemic was going to pan out by march when the craziness began these credit default swaps were worth somewhere in the neighborhood of 2.6 billion dollars and bills hedge fund pershing square capital then liquidated those positions and used that money to increase stakes in companies like hilton hotels berkshire hathaway restaurant brands starbucks and a few more and what's interesting is that while every other fund out there in the market was getting battered ackman's fund delivered a 7.9% gain in the month of march which is just staggering to me and you know this is how bill ackman invests he he's very bold you know he does the opposite of what everyone else is doing and you know he he does a lot of research and he's just very brave when he makes his investments this guy he made a lot of money apart from mukesh ambani in india i think if you were to look into the us markets i think bill ackman is the guy who who is really having a party so to wrap this up you know i think the most important question is that like okay legends aside we we cannot compete with the legendary investors but as a as a retail investor what, what do you think you know should be a retail investors uh, investing strategy in this pandemic like going forward you know what what should be the strategy or some action points that you know retail investors could look into 
Because I think that uh, when it comes to following the footsteps of such legendary investors, I think they can help in making a good investment decision. But our strategy, uh, strategy should not be entirely based on it. And I think the coming time is all about innovations and consumer demands are changing so fast. You never know when a business becomes irrelevant or la- rather less attractive in such a dynamic environment. And the best example I can think of is Oyo. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So unlike Warren Buffett's strategy of long-term investing, I don't think the investment span of 10-15 years is exciting anymore. But then in such a precarious time, I completely rely on fundamentals. And as a retail investor, I've always focused majorly on 3-4 sectors that I understand and I like reading about. Uh, It is very important to know what is going on. At the end of the day, I believe you cannot have it all. You cannot just have it all. So prioritization is very important. So just going and wandering around and reading about everything and investing in every sector, I think prioritization is very important. You can just keep on increasing your understanding of the sectors over time, but start with three, four sectors. And by fundamentals, I mean focus on the company with strong leadership because at the end of the day, it is people who make the companies, not the company making the people. People who are actually governing the company, who are actually steering the company during such pandemic is very important. So the strong leadership, less debt. The companies which are less leveraged are at a better position right now and a robust business model and the strength of demand for the products during the post-COVID world. I think the businesses whose where the demand of the product post-COVID world is going to be good. I think those businesses are a good pick right now. And one person should hold the stock only till the time it matches the reason you bought it for. Definitely, definitely. And uh, I agree about following a bottoms up approach, you know, looking for strong leadership and, you know, less leverage companies that have a robust business model, because I think, you know, these companies are always going to do well, relatively better compared to other companies. And I really like this one factor that you mentioned, you know, about how we have to also look at the strength of the demand for its product in a post COVID world, because this is something that, you know, uh, investors have to keep in mind, you know, because a lot of companies like Oyo you mentioned and c- companies in hospitality, tourism, all those companies are going to be very affected. So it makes sense, you know, if you are very cautious before you invest in such companies and it makes sense to uh, look for companies with strong leadership. I mean, that's one thing that is very important, you know, the direction that the company is taking. And personally, you know, if I if I think about the time between uh, March and April when, you know, the markets were in a free fall. I think it was uh, March 25th or something when Nifty fell 10%, you know, just minutes after the trading began and the markets were halted. 45 minutes later, Nifty hit another that was, circuit. That was one of a kind thing I have, I have ever yeah. witnessed in my life. That was one of a kind thing. I have a very hazy memory of the entire event. But, you know, if you were a retail investor, I think for a split second, you you really were thinking that, you know, this is the end of the market. I mean, that, you know, I, this is the end. And hmm, uh, yes. I also stopped looking at my portfolio back, back in <laughs> March and April. Only recently, I've started looking back at my portfolio. So it's it's really been a very, you know, it's been a roller coaster ride for the investing community. And it is something that we'll always remember for the for the time that comes, you know, we'll always remember the this period as a learning experience in my in my opinion. Yes, I think uh, COVID-19 will definitely have a lasting psychological impact. I totally agree with you on that. And this will actually reflect to consumer demand. Mm. So I think right now the companies should not be judged on the basis of a quarter or a six month performance. 
the perspective should be for next 2 3 years and at the end of the day i don't think maybe some of the stocks which are fundamentally strong are performing are not performing that well right now maybe based on their q1 or analysts are not very positive about their performance for this year hmm. but the perspective should be for a longer period and the and at the end of the day siddharth reliances and wipro of the world are not going to shut their shops <laughs> that's yeah so we need to keep such things in mind and and the, and in the entire scenario i see telecom as a winner and that is quite evident from the kind of investment jio has been receiving see now i would actually sum up by saying that nobody knows what direction will the market take now but i still believe it's worth the risk provided one is vigilant i believe one should invest if you are an investor you have been investing for long time or maybe even if you have started few uh, year back or very recently you should not miss it invest keep your strategy in place and be vigilant be very fast to change you just cannot stick to a strategy you you should be very quick to change it so i think people should keep their faith intact in the markets and the economy i agree i agree with you i mean you know this point that you mentioned about change i think that is something that you know you will learn from your own experience it is yes. it is something that you know you have to slowly tweak you have to slowly you know just learn from your losses also i i think you know failure early on if you fail with your investments i think it's a very good thing that happens because you know once you fail you you understand that you know you, you are not unbreakable everyone makes mistakes and the sooner that you learn from them i think you know the more money that you will make in the market so as a retail investor i would suggest that you know you keep on learning and you know place the most importance on your own experience instead of just blindly following what others are doing okay learn from them but put more importance on your own experience because you know uh, every every person has a different strategy that works best for them and it's your own experience that will really help you so my personal experience if you would ask me you know has been that if you if you really want to make money in the market you just need two things which are really important buying at the right price and then having the patience to hold on to those investments and yes, exactly the longer your money is in the market the greater are the chances of you generating above average returns so we don't know how the stock is going to go up or down we don't we we cannot predict what's going to happen in the future but the longer your money is in the market the more chances you have of generating greater returns and uh, so if you had to take just one piece of advice from this podcast i would say be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful yes very 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 true i totally agree with you sudar yeah so mega again uh, it was it was a pleasure to have you on the show and i remember you mentioning something about you know sector analysis so i think yes. i would love to have you back on the show and maybe we can even have a segment which talks about different sectors i think it's a very uh, good thing that you know we could do together so i am looking forward to more such wonderful conversations with you i had a fun time and i'm really happy that we finally were able to do this so just just uh, looking forward to more conversations with you thank you sudar thank you so much and even i am looking forward to all the things we have thought and actually manifesting them uh, guys that does it for today's episode of bazaar people on the show may have certain recommendations to buy or sell securities but don't buy or sell based on what you hear do your own research you know dive deep into the annual reports and the company reports before you make any informed decision 
do let us know what you think of the show you know it helps us to grow and to you know make it more interesting our email address is the bazaar podcast at gmail.com we can also answer your questions someday so do reach out to us have a fun weekend we will see you next week bye